The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the program Afternoons with Mike. It is always a great day for me personally when I'm on the line with my friend Dave Zanotti from the public square. And Dave is back again today. Welcome back, my friend. Hi, Mike. It's always a privilege to be with you. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, all I can tell you is uh, the news just doesn't stop, does it? No, I. this is like an ongoing news cycle that just refreshes every day. And if one thinks for a moment that we've seen the extent of it, they're wrong the very next day. <laughs> it's like crazy things are going on. Uh, I, I know a lot of people are now referring to our president as the divider-in-chief going against everything that he said he was going to be doing in his uh, first day when he was giving his uh, sworn-in speech. And uh, that day seems now far, far removed as he is now calling all Trump supporters, all those that voted for President Trump in the 2020 election, are now being labeled as MAGA extremists. So this is not a—it doesn't bode well for unity, right? The September 1st speech, where we begin, um, I didn't see that speech coming, Mike. Um, I have to tell you, it's it's unprecedented in presidential history. It, it It's a surprise. Um, I think it was so disturbing that the major networks chose not to carry it. Believe it or not, on the evening of the speech, I believe it only appeared on MSNBC, CNN, and then delayed on CNN. I don't think that there are any other networks that carried it live, though a lot of people have gone back now and viewed the speech. It's only 25 minutes long, which is quite remarkable. And I have the transcript in front of me. Our team has analyzed it word for word. We're going to be out on the public sphere in the next several days talking about this on both our uh, format weekend broadcast and our daily broadcast on The Shepherd. Um, but it, I, I have to tell you, it's regrettable, but I don't think you can talk too much about what just happened on September 1st. I agree completely. That uh, whole speech, the tone of it, and it wasn't just the speech. And one thing about we've learned about Biden is that he's not speaking these uh, things off the top of his head. This is all prepared. It's all planned out. It's all scripted on the teleprompter. He's given that thing maybe word for word if, if he's even able to do that. And that's that is a concerning thing because there are people behind him. Dave, we also keep having these little references that he makes, like, for example, I'm not supposed to say that, or I'm not supposed to answer questions. And that always begs the question, who in the world is the they, and what is going on? And so these are troubling times here in America. Well, we know that this might came from uh, a composite of sources, but the one that is most prominently attributed now is Professor John Amitsman, who is a, a professor at Vanderbilt University and has other uh, titles as well, um, a historian. He's an accomplished author in several books, and he has a worldview. Yeah, tell um, us his uh, name again, if you will, Dave. Meacher, uh, yes. John Meacher is his name, and you find him in lots of places. 
Um, if you look him up, in fact, he's uh, been trending quite a bit on searches. Uh, he is a history professor and an author. And um, I don't know uh, Dr. Mead personally. I can only tell you that from what I've been able to read of both his writings for the Biden administration as well as uh, reviewing a number of his books, though I haven't read them all. Um, he is a uh, historian of, uh, of a modernist worldview. Um, he is happy rewriting history. He's happy rewriting the founding. He's happy in progressive circles. And what's important to understand about progressive circles, when we use the term progressive or progressive, that's a worldview. It's a system of thought that was launched in America uh, before the time of Woodrow Wilson, but most of the time is noted in the era of the early 1900s when Woodrow Wilson left the university world and became president of the United States. Mm -hmm. Wilson was convinced that we had to move the concept of America from the founding the ideas and the principles of the founding, a more modern model. Uh, Wilson is the original designer of America 2.0, and he was concerned to move America off of a theistic place where self-evident truths not only recognized but were acknowledged and identified as being sourced by the Creator. And he wanted us to move to an evolutionary model where we had a godless equation that in essence said human nature is where government really lives and abides and flows from. And human nature is endlessly progressing on an evolutionary model to getting better and better and better. Therefore, the old restraints, the old structures of the original America are no longer necessary because Darwin, the evolutionary model and modern science, has given us much more promising future. Therefore, we should kick out the restraints, kick out the concepts of checks and balances, kick out the concepts of limited government and frequent elections. And we should let those of us who are at the top of the evolutionary curve have more power in making decisions for everyone else. Because after all, smart people really know how to do things better than non-smart people. We can all get along if we just let the, the smart people run an administrative state and the rest of it will be just fine. How convenient for them to say that, right? <laughs> That's We're the smart people, folks. Yeah, it does remind you of a junior high school playground fight. Um, and it's been that way since the 1900s. And, and, and it would have gone much faster and much farther for a few moments of reality, like World War One, World War Two, the Great Depression, uh, the Cold War. The dictators at the end of the 20th century who were all godless equation dictators who murdered tens of millions of people um, in the name of progress, um, those sort of took the glow off of progressivism. But since the Berlin Wall fell in 1989 and dictators became a thing of the past, we have forgotten what the godless equation of progressivism really looks like. And so now we're stumbling right back into that ancient myth. Mm -hmm. And we have a president that's talking now with his fist clenched from Independence Hall, saying that his enemies simply need to be removed from the equation. Wow. Wow. His enemies need to be removed from the equation. Now, with that statement, that seemed to be in line, or it seems to be in line, with the fact that the president staged behind him actual Marines standing in guard behind him. Uh, that was not an accident, was it? No, there wasn't a thing about 
speech that was an accident because what's happened now is the progressive left is in a panic zone. Um, they have been exposed. Their methodologies are failing. They have not been able to keep their complete lid on media. So people are finding out what's happening at edges um, in regard to civil disorder and violence and the economic tragedy that we are not experiencing where the world is being cast into an artificial depression because America refuses to stand up and lead on energy. This is the trigger mechanism that took it all because America has decided to worship at the false idol of climate change. The president makes it very clear in, in uh, his speech of September 1st, Mike, that not only can we save the climate, but I'll give you a direct quote. I mean, he even went so far as talking about all the little things that we can do if we simply do them together. We could have titled the speech with man, all things are possible. Um, in addition to talking about all the things that we're going to do and create millions of clean energy jobs and save the planet, he even said, he threw this one in at the 24 minutes and 55 seconds into this speech. We're going to end cancer as we know it, mark my words. <laughs> yeah. the, I mean, it does border on messianic. It, it's unbelievable. Just the uh, amount of uh, just straight out crazy theatrics and making statements that are so presumptive, it uh, it doesn't take uh, the most discerning person even to see that he cannot possibly live up. He hasn't lived up to any of the campaign promises that were made. What makes people think, if he says that in this speech on September 1st, that that's going to come true? Well, President Biden appears to be now willing to be the vanguard of extremism on the progressive left, while his administration is taking very good care to keep in good order the process of taking over the country. For example, um, just a few days ago, Podesta was moved back into the White House. Yes, I saw that. In perspective, in 2003, Soros and John Podesta started an organization in Washington, D.C. called the Center for American Progress. Its design is to basically be the think tank that governs the United States administrative state or the government of the United States or and or both, whether it's the legislative branch or the administrative side of the executive branch, Center for American Progress is to control that, provided they have their people in office now, which they've had for quite some time. John Podesta was chief of staff for President Bill Clinton. He then was also uh, highly placed in chief of staff in other positions with the Obama administration. He ran Hillary Clinton's campaign. He sent one of his board members into Biden administration, Ron Klain, to be the chief of staff of that administration, along with several other members, I believe 60 members of the administration with connections to Center for American Progress. And now that the Biden presidency is flailing and, and, and floundering, they've Podesta back in in charge of spending the 300 plus billion dollars of the new green energy bill that was just passed and to distribute that money out before this election and the next one to make sure that the friends of the administration are taken care of. Now, this is a similar pattern. We've seen this happen over and over and over again. It is the single most substantive factor in our government that is unreported, underreported, non-reported at all. Oh, and it's there. It's not a conspiracy. It's in plain sight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they're doing this in plain sight. They're coming out with all these things. They're saying 
things that uh, this is this bill's going to take care of inflation when it's actually going to do just the opposite. And then they come out with this free student loan, uh, canceling all student loans, which that's going to increase inflation as well and cause a myriad of other problems. And yet all of this goes on. The media continues to be complicit and backing up everything that this administration is saying or doing. And at some point, you got to say, where is that point? Where's the line in the sand? When do we cross over? And it's going to be real difficult to get back. What do you think about that? Well, we're one past that line, Mike. We really are. If we do not, as a country, return to common sense, if we do not return to placing people into representative government that will stand for the principles of the Constitution and the Declaration, and we don't do so immediately, as in in the next few weeks, and 2024 and 2026, within the next five years of elections, I, I shudder to think where we will be as a nation. It is going to get very, very, very bad. I would say it would be equivalent of marrying our current structures, collapsed supply lines, inflationary curves, marrying that to the authoritarianism that we saw during COVID and exponentially multiplying them against each other. We are headed into the tank as a country because we have people that do not believe in human liberty. They do not believe in liberty under law. They do not believe in representative government. They believe in the progressive vision of the administrative state. They are the smart people. They are in charge, and they will do whatever they want. And they're making their goals very clear, Mike. It does not well, let's just say this. It's ominous as the scene we saw on September 1st. My goal is not to try to frighten people. I am not Republican. I am not shilling for anyone talking about in that speech or anyone currently on the political scene. My concern is for human liberty under the rule of law, according to the Constitution and the Declaration. Right. Months ago, you and I talked about the rule of law and how it seems to be in short supply. And it is, you know, just now being further disregarded in these speeches, uh, in not only that, but actions. And Dave, there's a a, a quiet, I understand, a quiet thing that's going on right now that's going to actually have a deadline coming up next week. And that is this uh, Title IX adjustments that the administration is putting through, through the Department of Education, which will further erode parents' rights. And it will basically give the school systems, the public school systems, counselors within them, uh, all sorts of rightful, according to them, rightful legal leeway to take kids and basically counsel them into transgendered status. Boy, this is, it's an ongoing thing. It's on every front, isn't it? Well, it's, I think it's important to note, Mike, is that there's a desperation the progressive state right now. There's a desperation in the Biden administration, whether it's Merrick Garland or whether it's the directors that are attempting through the legislative bodies to uh, alter congressional legislation and the U.S. code like Title IX. There is a desperate move to get everything and get now, to do it now. Repealing actions such as that, administrative regulations will take acts of Congress. They fear they're going to lose the majority in the House, that they might lose their majority in the Senate, and that Congress might have find the courage to come back against these things. 
So they're going after everything now because once they get these things in motion, it takes a courageous Congress to stop mm -hmm. them and repeal them. So there's no question about their strategy. There's no question about their intensity, their drive. The, the notion of what we used to call the Kennedy incrementalism, where Senator Kennedy was famous for always saying, I'll take a half a loaf if I can't get the whole loaf because I eventually get the other half. There are no more half loaves here. They want everything, wow. and they want it now. They want to radically transform this country into an administrative state. And I will tell you, this is bigger than presidency. It's bigger than any given issue. And the speech that we witnessed on September 1st proved that fact, because on that speech, in that speech, the president was basically recreating our founding documents. That is a big statement, and that is a scary statement. And But yet, that's exactly what he is doing. He's basically letting us know, not in code, not in uh, hidden language, straight out, this is where we are going. And friends, it doesn't look anything like where our original charters, our original founding fathers had us going. Uh, it is scary. My guest today is Dave Zanotti. We're up against a break. We're going to take that right now. We'll be back with Dave in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike on the Shepherd Radio Network. Are you looking for the right franchise to open your own business? Green Flag Franchise has the experience and knowledge to help match your business plan with your goals and values. Is your business ready to become a franchise? Green Flag Franchise will help you explore the potential and benefits of franchising your existing company. For a free consultation and coaching, visit GreenFlagFranchise.com. That's GreenFlagFranchise.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Turning 65 or already on Medicare? Have you tried to compare Medicare supplement plans? Are you sick and tired of the awful TV commercials where washed-up football players confuse you even more? Speak with a licensed independent insurance agent today. Call 407 965-4166 now or visit Affordable One Insurance in Winter Park, Florida and discuss what is important for you. Be sure to ask us about dedicated senior medical centers. Back again for segment two. It is always so much fun to have Dave Zanotti from the public square on our program. The recent speeches, the one on September 1st, where in 25 minutes, the president basically, in Dave's words, laid out a new direction and a new plan for America that is, uh, again, so different than what we've known. He doubled down on that on his Labor Day speech on the 5th. And you would think that somewhere along the line, there would be an uproar, an outcry, even in the media. You would think, but not so. And it's just like all hands on deck. We're moving this direction. It's incredibly scary. Uh, Dave, thank you for your insights on it. Go ahead and dig more into what uh, President Biden has told us is going to happen. Mike, I would submit these thoughts in the hope that Christian thinkers, pastors, teachers, educators, academics, 
broadcasters would awaken to this reality. Forget the rhetoric and the speech about Donald Trump and MAGA. I am not shilling for Donald Trump. I am not a member of MAGA. Drop that for the moment. We know that the president wanted to do. He was attempting to thwart the momentum of his political opponents, and those are just a, those are just a percentage of his opponents. Forget politics and the direct confrontation. Let's go back to history. In his second inaugural address, Joe Biden's boss in the White House, Barack Obama, went to the imagery of Independence Hall and crafted a second inaugural speech in which he basically fulfilled his promise to lay out the outline to radically transform America. He was as forthright as Barack Obama could be in the midst of Obama doublespeak. We decoded the doublespeak. We printed a booklet called a spare hall, a spare hall, a quote that was used by Obama for history regarding speaking of independence hall. So Obama wrapped himself up in Independence Hall and delivered a speech in which he said, America now must become a collectivist socialist society. He hit it in fancier words, but that's the meaning. Now, a few years later, Joe Biden stands on the step of Independence Hall, literally on the steps, and makes a speech in which he says, This is where the United States Constitution was written and debated. This is where we set in motion the most extraordinary experiment of self-government the world has ever known with three simple words, we the people, we the people, we the people. These two documents, speaking of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, these two documents and the ideas they embody, equality and democracy, the rock upon which this nation is built. Now, I encourage anyone to go and search the Declaration and the Constitution and look for the words equality and democracy. Find them for me if you can. They're not there. Because they're not in those documents. That should cause a chill go down all of our spines. Now, the concept of equal protection under the law is certainly in the Constitution. But you won't find anything close to the word democracy, because in fact, the founders despised democracy. They would particularly despise Joe Biden's form of democracy, which is whatever the cool kids say in the latest opinion poll is what the government should do. And if anyone doesn't like it, you're out. This is playground democracy. It is the most base nature of human decision-making. And that's where the Democrat Party and Joe Biden have us today. Now, I will be careful to add that there are plenty of Republicans, especially in the United States, who are also subscribers of progressivism, and they don't disagree very much with what the president has to say. You'll find them voting against him every now and then. But the truth of the matter is, the Republican Party is largely capped as well by the false idol of progressivism because they want to be part of the cool kids as well. So there are two words which Joe Biden says are are the core treasures of our Declaration of the Constitution, neither of which words appear there. Now, you would think if these were, in essence, 
bedrock realities that the founders would have said so, but nope. And of course, Joe Biden also falsely interprets we the people as being the public opinion poll, as opposed to the consent of the governed, as it's defined in the Declaration of Independence. Mm -hmm. Let me go on, because the president does. These two documents and the ideas they embody, equality and democracy, watch this now, are the rock upon which this nation is built. Now, Mike, you've been around the Christian world a long time. Mm -hmm. Does that sound familiar to you strangely? Wow. The rock yep. upon which this nation is built. Direct reference to the rock of the Lord. The, the, the... We have the rock of the Lord in the Old Testament. We have Isaiah 51. Look to Abraham. When he was one, I called him. Look to the rock from which you were hewn. Look to Moses striking the rock. Look to Peter being called the rock. Mm -hmm. And look to the end of the Sermon of the Mount in which Jesus says, if you build your house on sand, it will be washed away. But if you build your house upon the foundation of rock, and what is that rock? It's the Creator. It's the Christ. Right. It's the manifest Word of God. This is what our founders understand. But Joe Biden now says the real rock is equality. The real rock is democracy. Oh. You know, you know. I think about what the left has done with the whole rainbow. They've basically taken that hostage for their purposes of uh, the whole LGBTQ agenda, and now they're trying to grab this uh, this great metaphor of the rock. I have to look at that rainbow thing with a certain sense of wry humor and wonder if they understand who exactly they stole the symbol from. I don't think they know. You know, the rainbow is such a beautiful, beautiful sign for us all. And yet in this day and age with uh, a lot of kids in school, they're not going to know the meaning, the original concept, the original purpose for the bow. That's only if we don't do our jobs. That's you're right. Doing yours. You're doing it every day here on the Shepherd Radio, and I know you've done it in your life and in your family, and it calls us to do even more. Um, but ironically, I there is a real interesting challenge that happens when people choose to borrow things from God and repurpose them. Oh, for purposes that are not in his design. But we'll leave that up to him. As the founders did. You know, when the founders finished the Declaration of Independence, they made their case and pled their case, not just to the watching world, but to the God of the, of the universe, knowing that he would judge them on both their intent and their action. Forget that part of the Declaration of Independence. And so we forget the worldview from which, and now the president's attempting to both change the worldview and the meaning of the words. He wants now equality and democracy to be the rock, not the foundation of self evident truth upon which this country was built. And these ideas, equality and democracy, these are how we became the greatest nation on earth. Um, there, why for two centuries America has been a beacon to the world. I would take issue with that at every single level. But you see, this is a part of the ongoing progressive agenda, which began in the 1900s, to lie to all of us about what America is and to assume we are either too stupid or too lazy to hold on to the documents that only take an hour to read and are plain as day. And you won't find their rhetoric in these documents, but they're counting on us to stay stupid, Mike. 
I think they are. Yeah. yeah. And we may be, I mean, Dave. There was no question. <laughs> a great number no of us are. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said yeah, a, gr- sorry. a great number of Americans are stupid, I'm afraid to say. I've always avoided it. Um, I, I know that politicians on both sides of the aisle really do that. Um, and I, I I just have never been able to go there, Mike. I really haven't. I, I think that we are too busy. We are too distracted. We're much like the third kind of soil that has accepted the truth and parable of the sower. But we have let the, the cares of this life literally choke out so that we're not effective. We've let other things lead us away from the priorities of what God really cares about. This is the thing about what happened in the American founding. You know, Americans back then would have been happy to stay British. <laughs> they didn't start their own country. They were okay. But the constant erosion of their liberties and the lack of representation, the fact that they didn't have a seat at the table, and they believe God called them to self-government, but they didn't have a vote. See, people forget the colonies were not represented in parliament. They had no seat at the table. We focus on the taxation. We understand it's the without representation part that's even more, more onerous than right. the taxation. And so they chose reluctantly to start their own country. They explained clearly why in the Declaration of Independence. And then after eight years of struggle and thought and prayer and intercession, they moved forward to create a form of civil government, the likes of which has never been seen before, because it was built upon the self-evident truths of the Creator, confessed in the Declaration, and built upon the biblical principles revealed his word. You see, the president wants us to believe that America is a democracy. The irony is he stood on the very same street where Benjamin Franklin stood in 1787. We all know the story. As he was leaving Constitution Hall, a woman came up to him and said, Dr. Franklin, what is it that you have given us, sir? Speaking, of course, about what happened in Constitutional Convention. There were no spectators. And he said, a republic, Adam, if you can keep it. He called it a republic. He didn't call it a democracy. These are two very, very different forms of government that emanate from two completely different worldviews. The president is trying to take us off the base of a biblical worldview, which includes the fall of man and the knowledge that there is evil in the world and have to balance that out in our understandings of liberty and law. The president writes right and delivers a speech which basically says, with man, all things are possible. That's a scary proposition, Mike. It certainly is, Dave. It really is scary. And, and you know, to think about the fact that uh, that statement by Franklin was so, so meaningful. Uh, it just bugs me that for years, as I studied the Constitution when I was in college, and then hear newscasters, and not just newscasters, but Republicans and Democrats alike, both using the word democracy uh, instead of a republic, uh, it it just became very clear that they did not know the original words, the the original ideas that were given to us from our founders. And that's so true with just about every political leader that I've heard in the last 20 years. The word democracy is used regularly, and we don't even have a, a concept being put out there about us being a, a representative republic. 
A lot of that's bad education and laziness. In this case, the president is wholly intentional. He used the word democracy 30 times in a speech of 25 minutes, and he used the word republic only twice. We are still at our core, he said, a democracy. That's a direct quote. That is absolutely not true. That's right. And it is a far graver offense than everything else that we saw and heard in that speech. Wow. It is the attempt to arbitrarily, by dictate, change the true historical narrative of America. Now, Dave, uh, we've got uh, just a few minutes left in this segment. I'd love for you to address this. Back early on, after Mar-a-Lago happened, you and I had our first of two back-to-back almost uh, programs that we did together. I asked you a question, and then it somewhat was tempered the second time around. Are we in a constitutional crisis because of what's going on? Now I'd like to ask that uh, again in light of September 1 speech do you feel that we are in a constitutional crisis? I don't think constitutional crisis is the word, Mike, because President Biden and his allies and those who have written this speech no longer believe in the Constitution. They believe in the administrative state. And so I would suggest to you that they only believe in the Constitution to the degree that they can use it to their own purposes for their own will and wishes. They do not believe that the Constitution is designed to protect the rights, not just of the majority, but of the minority as well. And you saw how they treated those whom they consider the minority in the speech. You can see the rage, the exclusion, the branding of people, the scapegoat of these people. This is not the conversation of a constitutional government designed to protect the rights of all. Right. This is the mindset and mentality of 20th century dictatorships. This mm. should frighten us to our core. So yes, I guess I would say you could call it a constitutional crisis. I would call it a worldview crisis. It is bigger than a single document. It is a fundamental core crisis of belief. You see, America cannot be understood. You attempt to drain the word of the Declaration from the founding. It just doesn't make sense. The reason we have checks and balances in our Constitution and limited government in so many places where the rights of as well as those accused, the rights of the majority as well as the minority are there is because we believe that human beings are fallen. Madison said it best, if men were angels, we'd need no laws, but men are not angels. Yet the president seems to think that if we yield to our better angels, a term that it uses borrowed, that somehow we can do all things. This is the concept of human perfectionism that we can get there. Mike, as a believer, as someone that, 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 that looks at the Bible, looks at the Old and New Testament and the history of biblical impact on human thought from ancient civilizations to today, I can tell you that formula doesn't work. That's the formula of Babel. With man, all things are possible. That's right. It always falls. That's well said. The formula of Babel and God have 
mercy on this nation. My guest today is Dave Zanotti from the public square heard here on The Shepherd Daily. We so appreciate his insights, his analysis of the news. We'll be back. One more segment coming up on Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. If you've considered the natural beauty of a wood floor, then go with a winner. Ability Wood Flooring has been a trusted source and family-owned and operated since 1950. Ability Wood Flooring is voted best of the best and are featured on A&E's Zombie House Flipping. Ability proudly works with Florida's top builders, winning many awards in the Parade of Homes. Get a free design consultation today. AbilityWoodFlooring.com on the line with me right now, Dave Zanotti, and it's always a uh, just rare up and let's let her fly kind of conversation. We're certainly having that today, and I hope that all of you realize how valuable this insight that Dave is giving us. Again, his team, they, they work in public policy, and they've done so for 42 years, getting closer to 43, I guess, by now. And Dave and his team have just really gone through this speech from September 1 from the President of the United States. It is redirecting a lot of what uh, he wants us to believe our country should be doing and the direction that we will be going. And we are saying, God have mercy, wake us up, a call to all pastors, all leaders. And now the question that we'll finish this segment with, Dave, what can we do? What must we do? I think the first thing, Mike, we need to do is to pray, because this is a spiritual battle, and none of us are capable in our own strength or our capacity to win this, not singularly, not multiplied. We need God's help. The people who started this country were unafraid to ask for his help. In fact, there at Constitution Hall—sorry, this gets me choked up a little—there at Constitution Hall, the same place that Joe Biden delivered the speech September 1st, the same Dr. Benjamin Franklin stood on the floor. And I've stood there. I st- I've stood in exactly the spot where he stood. It's overwhelming. Yeah. He stood. And when the con- convention was deadlocked on major, major controversy, he reminded the people that were there that we had forgotten something. They had forgotten something. He said, you know, he, and I'm paraphrasing now. He recalled to them that when they were facing an impossible task, and that was defeat the greatest army and navy in the world and start their own country, that they called upon God. They called upon their divine friend. They cried out to him for help. He delivered them. And then he reminded them, it is impossible that if he quotes a passage of scripture, if the, unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain. Is it possible that if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, that an empire can rise without his aid? And he reminded them that they needed God's help, and he urged them to begin to call out to God in prayer. And they did. 
and they did. It's beautiful. We must begin in the same place. We must ask God to forgive us, to forgive our president, to forgive all of us who have bought into the delusion of the secular modernist state, and ask God to show us again how he wants us to live according to his principles, to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We need to confess what is almost impossible for modern man to admit, that we can't do it alone, because we can't. The and things we should that, not go it alone as a country. The things now, that were, I'm sorry, go ahead. The president concludes his speech. You remember who we are. I agree. We are the United States of America. I agree. The United States of America we need to remember who we are. We need to go back and read the Declaration of the Constitution, the two documents that were written there at Constitution Hall. And the president goes on, and may God protect our nation. I certainly agree. May God protect all those who stand watch over our democracy. Well, I agree in part. God bless you all. And the last word the president says is a, a single sentence in the word. The last word he says is democracy. I think we need to pray that God will deliver us from evil. From the notion of democracy. Because ruling simply by the opinions of majorities, sometimes you get it sometimes you get it wrong. When you get it wrong, it really, really hurts. We cannot do this alone. With man, all things are not possible. So we need to pray. The first thing we do to understand life is, is to know that the political parties can't save us. The answer to this is not simply vote against the party that is against the president. It is insufficient because our political parties are dominated by people who believe in this progressive vision. We need people to repent. I need to repent. I need to understand the importance of being a constitutional free agent. I need to understand the founding well enough to say, I'll support the Constitution and the principles upon which it stands. Principle will always come above party, period. Principle above party, always. Now, if a person wants to be a part of a political party, they have every right to make that choice. I happen to think it can be a very dangerous choice, as did George Washington and John Adams. But what is a danger, in fact, death to our country, is we put party over principle. The reason that we do that is because the parties want power over principle. They've convinced us that they have all the power, they'll get to the principle, and that never works. We must put country over power. We must put country over party. We must put principle over all. We need to run for first public office in civil service whether it's a state school board member or a local school board member, whether it's a state representative or a city council member, whether it's a mayor of a county or mayor of a city. We need to find people whom God is being in leadership and as Christians, pray for them, commit to them, support them financially, and send them forward into civil government for the sake of principle over party, principle always over party, and country over power, the good of the country. We need an American renewal, and it must be started by people listening to this broadcast. And if you think somebody else is going to do it, they won't. We've got to do it. 
It's going to take people like I've been talking with several of them who feel a conviction and they've gotten involved. One young man that uh, is in Florida that's been on my program a couple of times is um, and he passed the the uh, primaries and he's going to be now standing in uh, in the November race as a congressman. Uh, to be elected upon uh, one way or the other. And it's going to take people like that who feel a call of God to get involved and and step up to the plate. And we have to take the blinders off. Look, I, I know Orlando. We've got a home there. We work there. We've been there since 2008. We've, we've got strong investments in that region. And, and we care deeply about this radio network, and we care deeply about the state of Florida. Look, I get it. I understand that in Florida, the idea is that if you're black, you're supposed to be a Democrat, and if you're white, you're supposed to be Republican. That's nonsense. If you're a Christian, your identity is in the color of your skin or your political affiliation. That's right. Your identity is in the person of Jesus Christ, the creator and redeemer. Love of neighbor knows party. It doesn't matter if a person is going to represent the Constitution, biblical principles, and the truth upon which all of these stand. It doesn't matter what party they're running in if they do the job and bear witness where they are. Now, there are times in national elections where we have to weigh the current problem. We are in a bad transition in this country. The parties have been taking over everything. We've got to pull that power back to the and to do that, sometimes you're going to have to vote strategically because ideally the perfection isn't in front of you. So you'll say, okay, in this county, it'd be better for this group of people to be out of power and this group of people to take a shot. Now, in some cases, that might be Republicans mired in scandal and they need to be replaced. In other cases, it might be Democrats that are out of control and Republicans have a better vision. The point is, as believers, we be free agents. And recognizing that it's, it's already awful that we've got the party, but we can't snap our fingers and make them go away. This will take a good amount of time. We didn't get here in a day. We're not going to get out in a night. So it's going to take time. But until we advocate what we're after, free agency based upon constitutional principles, and then support people to get the process started, you never know. And you say, well, you know, that's one guy you talked about. Yeah, I know three more, Mike. I know three from another state that are doing the same thing. You say, well, that's four. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. Goliath went down with one down. Mm-hmm. Let's not ever think for one second that we're inventing this battle or that we're going to win in the end. We're here as representatives of a higher power. We're not alone in this struggle. Who knows what one person can do? Look to Abraham, God says. Yeah. When I called him, he was but one. My goodness. Our faith is on the true rock, the rock that is uh, higher than I. I love the fact that we can run to that rock in a time of need and call out to him, and he answers our prayer. Uh, Real quick, I've got a question for you about uh, this whole thing that's going on that's still being talked about daily, the Mar-a-Lago raid, the FBI, the DOJ, all of them involved. Do you feel that there's a legal risk for those, that the, the DOJ, let's say? Do you feel that uh, with this special uh, counselor that's going to come in, this person that's going to come and look at it, do you feel like it's going to make a difference? You know, I love your worldview. I love your heart. I love the fact that you want to see justice done on earth. And I feel sometimes like I'm the guy that perpetually bursts the bubble of that beautiful vision. 
Come on, man. I... Let's remember. Let's remember that the administrative state, Department of Justice, that began this process, will be the Department of Justice that probably has the last word. It's possible that a judge, in fact, call the score and put the balls and strikes clearly in order and show people what's really been going on. But I doubt it, Mike. It could happen, but I doubt it. And we still don't know all the facts and all the details, so we have to be careful. Um, the point is that there is no question, whether intended or not, the Department of Justice activity has changed the demeanor of the election and given Joe Biden a platform to deliver a speech like he delivered on September the 1st. Mm -hmm. So there's no coincidences that this is all political for the party that's in power. How it plays out, I don't know. And will the judiciary have the courage to discern this rightly? I don't know, because I don't know what's in those boxes. I do know one thing. I'm betting that there's been a few people in Donald Trump's camp who really wish those boxes had never gotten to Mar-a-Lago. Um, because it certainly is seemingly accomplished no good. But I don't know, Mike, how it will all end up. I truly don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, Dave. And and really, I, I appreciate that. I know that I, I, I've got to be naive at times, and I'm I'm working oh, no, at no. it. <laughs> I would never say naive. Never, ever that word in my mouth. No, I think you have a blessed faithfulness and desire for righteousness. I think that emanates from the heart of God. And I do, and I don't ever want to call someone who wants to see good naive. Never, ever, ever. We all need to have, and I, and I need to remember too, you know, sometimes I talk here in the big radio voice, you know, Jesus said, unless we change and become like little children, we can never enter mm -hmm. the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. We do need a better vision of childlike faith. Well, I cannot thank you enough for yet another time of coming in and looking at very difficult issues and helping sort them out. You know, I, I just really value that, Dave, and I know our listeners do as well. Uh, and we'll be praying for you and your team at the Public Square. You're heard daily here on The Shepherd in the 7 o'clock, 7.30 hour, also at 5.30, and also in Orlando at 12.30 uh, in the afternoon. So you're you're heard around the, the clock and we so appreciate all that you do, and we'll continue to pray for you and your team. There, it's so meaningful to have you with us. And thank you for being with Mike, me yet another time. Thanks for your heart. Thanks for your heart, Mike. Thanks for your leadership. And uh, you know, there's. I, I hope that I can have the kind of faith and vision that you have. Oh, bless you. Bless you, my friend. And thanks again. And friends, join us next time right here on the Shepherd for Afternoons with Mike.